0: Hello, fellow listeners. It's Mary Stone speaking to you from the screened porch. I just got back from a road walk with Joe Lee. She is, uh, she is a handful, let me just say, puppyhood. I cannot believe she's approaching eight months and is almost 40 pounds. It's happening pretty fast. <laughs> but she's definitely bringing joy to the household. And during the walk, I noticed all of the skunk cabbage busting out of the ground. It reminds me of a column written many years ago now in 2015 that I want to share with you, and it's called Skunk Cabbage Appeal, and it starts like this. Skunk cabbage arrived late this year. Its unusual chemistry creates heat, melting the snow around itself, and is typically one of the first things to sprout in March. This year's deep and late snow cover gave it a slower start. Rumor has it, about when skunk cabbage sprouts, black bears are coming out of hibernation. I thought the correlation was that bears eat skunk cabbage. It turns out they do, but only in early spring before there are better things to nosh on. Skunk cabbage leaves are filled with oxalic acid, the same stuff found in rhubarb leaves. That brings up another column I just may share with you about rhubarb. But a black bear eats about anything when rousing from hibernation and will look beyond the burning sensation felt when eating skunk cabbage. Native Americans used it for medicinal purposes. Today, sold as a tincture, skunk cabbage root is used as an expectorant for nasal congestion and hay fever, though the FDA has not evaluated it. Skunk cabbage in the garden? (laughs) That's a headline in the column. I'm not the only one who admires how skunk cabbage carpets stream banks and low-lying woodland floors before the surrounding tree leaves emerge. Brian of Washington Township, New Jersey, asked if it can be used in the garden. I often thought it would make an excellent option for hosta, which is deer candy, as most of you know. But, unlike hosta, it grows in swampy, often stagnant water, so the cultural environments are quite different. It also would be super tough to dig and move skunk cabbage as their deep roots grow deeper as they grow older, making older plants practically impossible to dig up. Oh boy, I'm going to take a stab at the botanical name. Here we go. I've never used Semplocarpus photophatidis. Simplicarpus <laughs> That's so funny. I just learned this and now I can't remind myself of how to do it. I have this, I have this like... I don't know what it is. It's like fear about pronouncing Latin names. I mean, the ones I got very familiar with come out, you know, rolling almost to the point where I forget the common names. But ones that I don't say all the time, I have this so interesting resistance about. I think many of us have that same trait. Simplocarpus Simplo Simplocarpus foetidus. Nailed it! Phew, that was rough. That's why it's good to have these little cheaters when you can go online and listen to somebody pronouncing something helps. So where was I here? I've never seen skunk cabbage, let's keep it to the common name, in a nursery either. Inevitably, as the common name denotes, its smell can be offensive, especially if cut by a weed whacker or stepped on. But walking by a field of skunk cabbage has only a slight musty smell other than the flower. It's fascinating how early pollinators find the flower appealing, which smells much like a dead animal. So like most things, it's a matter of taste. Garden Dilemmas, AskMaryStone.com I am laughing because this morning, after the morning walk with Jolie, I went down to the uh, brook on which I'm graced to live, and uh, I actually put some stumps of a hemlock tree that I sadly had to remove in the fall. So there's a trio of three of them there, and I sit there and contemplate life and feelings and so forth. And I look down and there is a sprouting skunk cabbage right before my feet. Not that unusual because it is boggy down there. And in the center of it is this cool round yellow ball with pimples. It almost looks like a um, golf ball, but it's yellow. And so with my nifty iPhone that now you can zoom in on, I took a shot of it. So I'm going to add it to the column. You'll have to go take a look at that. So that's going to sprout into this flower, which apparently tastes horrible or smells like a dead animal. So there you go. So that leads me to another subject, um, which relates to it. When I learned that rhubarb shares the same common thread of oxalic acid, And so I had a column written a while ago called Rhubarb, Edible versus Ornamental. But before I go on to that, I have to share this story about Black Bear and their visit to our patch of skunk cabbage near the brook. I think it was last year. I'm pretty sure it was. Yes, it was, because I had my big girl camera. So I was in the screen porch, and uh, I saw, or I should say I heard, the rustle of a large animal. So I, I looked beyond the screen, and below the screen was a young bear. Now, it wasn't a brand-new cub. It probably was about a year old. But it was crying for its mama, who was down by the boggy area eating the skunk cabbage. So I witnessed firsthand the uh, mama eating the skunk cabbage. So I went inside. I got my big girl camera. It happened to have the telephoto lens on it. And I grabbed some shots. They're not the best shots because I was shooting it through the screens. But still, it was worthy of the fun of looking close at the bear. So as I was doing this, Ellie came out to the porch. And of course, she put her paws up on the edge of the wall here. And that was really funny because the young bear just looked at me and the eyes, I mean, literally, I was within five feet of him or her. And her eyes or his eyes were just so remarkable. And I just said, whispered, your mama is down there. It was almost like, I'm just going to call her a she. It was almost like she was looking for her mama. Your mama's right there. Everything's okay. And at that point, the bear stops and then runs and climbs a tree. The mama heard the ruckus and comes literally rumbling up the hill, not at a huge speed, but certainly, you know, concerned for her young one. And at that point, I kind of stood away from the screen and just watched. And I watched this remarkable protection that the mother just instinctively took over, she just walked around the whole periphery of the house to see what it was that caused her baby to climb up the tree. So it was a beautiful moment. I was so excited about it. I've shared this with friends and they said, weren't you afraid? I'm like, no, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of bear. They are very, very, oh, I don't know, I would say docile animals in the sense, but of course you don't ever want to be between the mother and cub. But I felt protected amongst the screens, or behind the screens, I should say. So anyway, that was a beautiful moment. So let's get on to the next column, Rhubarb, Edible versus Ornamental. So since we were on the subject of skunk cabbage, and since it has a related correlation to rhubarb. I thought I would share a column written a few years back, and it starts like this. One of the plants my colleague Marty and I touted in our recent talk at the Springfest Garden Show on deer-resistant plants was ornamental rhubarb. Artie stumped us when he asked for the botanical name. Rheum is the genus of rhubarb, but what species is the ornamental kind? Good question. And after researching further, I don't have a definitive answer. Rheum palmatum is commonly known as Chinese rhubarb. Maybe also called ornamental rhubarb. And it's not edible. That's the thing about common names, because really, common names can mean so many things. And it is the botanical names, even though I am bumpy on them, that are important when you're looking for plants that are specific and deliberate. Rheum Rhubarbarum is considered the edible kind. It's also known as Rhium Rap Here we go. Rheum Raponicum, commonly referred to as wild rhubarb in the United States and garden rhubarb elsewhere. You can see why common names for plants are confusing. Rheum rhubarbarum's leaf stalks are edible, but the leaf blades contain oxalic acid, which is toxic to both deer and humans. The leaves impart cathartic and laxative properties, according to Wikipedia. In Mary's words, the leaves trigger an overdose of the X lax effect. Edible rhubarb can be attractive in a garden, but it's the ornamental, not edible kind, that makes a dramatic, almost prehistoric-looking focal point in your garden. One of the favored and most colorful is Rheum palmatum variation. Tanguticum. Oh boy, this is a blunder of names here, isn't it? That's why you have to go to the Garden Dilemma's website and look at the column itself, rhubarb edible versus ornamental, where you can find all the botanical names. Rheum palmatum variation Tanguticum. Whew. Growing nearly six feet high and three feet wide, their huge pointy-edged leaves unfurl, brownsy red, then turn green on top, and dark burgundy underneath really it's so stunning they bloom funky spikes of reddish pink flowers on tall maroon stalks in the summer and in the fall the leaves shift to red for a dramatic ending until the next year just as the edible kind ornamental rhubarb are perennial returning every year Rheum, ace of hearts is a popular smaller ornamental rhubarb about three feet tall and wide So another question that came up in the talk was, where do you find them and when to plant edible or ornamental rhubarb? Rhubarb is generally purchased as crowns or divisions and are best planted in early spring when they're still dormant. They can be tough to find locally, but are available mail order or online. They thrive in hummus-rich moist soil and like partial shade or full sun. But they also appreciate their roots being kept cool with mulch as they detest extreme heat. Which is why my little ornamental ace of hearts shows its little face. It hasn't emerged yet, but when it does, it's glorious, and uh, then it goes dormant when the heat of the summer begins. Caution! Ornamental rhubarb is harmful if eaten, and that goes for you too, dear. Though some deer seem to ignore the warning label from time to time. Maybe they're using it for medicinal purposes to promote regularity. (laughs) That's something to think about. Garden Dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com It's fascinating how plants have innate chemical processes that help deter predators and pests, just like animals. And a little side note here, we were at a hike at Blue Mountain Lake, which is part of the Delaware Water Gap Recreational Area, and my dear Joe Lee had accidentally gotten off lead because of her fervent desire to see what critter was in the woods, and I had such fear because I thought it was a a cub, and as I mentioned before, you do not want to be between a cub and a mother, so Kurt went into the woods after her, got quick grab of the leash, and I noticed it was a porcupine climbing the tree, a bigger one than I've ever seen, but they're pretty common around here, and they're very docile animals, so I wasn't concerned. I went back to trying to find a spot to sit for a bit once they returned from the woods, and That was a long time, and I was growing concerned, and as it turns out, Jolie accidentally stepped on a baby porcupine that was at the foot of the tree, unbeknownst to Kurt or I. So it was a big trauma of many, many quills in her poor little foot. And I have the story on the Garden Dilemma's website, which really tells another part of the tale, which is consideration of changing the column photo. So maybe I'll share that with you next time, or Certainly I invite you to go look at that column, which talks about Three Sisters Gardening and Jolie's Emergency. Yeah, I think I'll save that for next time. So thanks for coming by. I always enjoy our visits and appreciate all of you that are becoming subscribers of our podcast. And invite those of you that haven't yet done so, please do. It helps me to spread the word about how gardens and nature can heal and grow our lives. You have a great day. You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at gardendilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag Mary Elaine Stone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day.